0: Thanks for checking out the Citizens Podcast. We are the high school student ministry at Maranatha Bible Church, and we meet on Sundays at 11 a.m. in the student wing. If you enjoy this podcast, we would love it if you posted it on your Instagram story and tag at NBC Citizens. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy.
1: We're so excited for today, uh, and as you can tell, today's going to be a little bit different. So before we continue with our service, I'm going to ask Pastor Nathan to come up up front. Some of you have met Pastor Nathan, and if you have not, Pastor Nathan is... Uh, I'll let you introduce yourself. How about that?
2: Introduce <laughs> myself. <laughs> I'm a great guy. Uh, yeah, I'm the, I serve as the missions pastor here on staff and uh, have an office right around the corner from Eric. So, He's amazing. Am. <laughs> so if you have not had
1: an opportunity to talk to Pastor Nathan, I highly encourage you to. You will get to see his heart for missions, and uh, you get to see how passionate he loves the Lord. He has an incredible... Skill at shooting three pointers. <laughs> so if you ever want need a, a fit player for your basketball team, he got you. Uh, but we asked Pastor Nathan to come here today because as some of you know, some of us are going to be taking on a trip to the Dominican Republic this next Saturday. so we're going to be departing from Cleveland Ohio and we're going to be a week away to the Dominican Republic, where we're going to be serving the Lord in trips. So I asked Pastor Nathan, as our missions pastors, to come and pray for that team so that the Lord will use us greatly. So if you are going to the Dominican Republic, I'm going to ask that you'll stand, you stand wherever you are, stand up, and then Pastor Nathan is going to be praying for you. And so for those of you that are not going to the DR, I would ask that this week, as we are in the Dominican Republic, that you will continue to pray for them. You look at them. I would encourage you to pray by name to look at them, pray for for name, especially pray for Stewie. Uh, But (laughs) we would ask that you pray for them and that the Lord will use them and the Lord will use us to be a testimony to them.
2: Yeah, well, I want to pray, but I want to say also to everybody in here, I don't know if you remember this, I remember this, that I was in here I feel like a year ago, and saying, you know, how frustrating with COVID and everything that we haven't had trips and, and stick with us and like, we're going to get back to it and be thanks for your patience and all that stuff. But uh, it's been our hearts to send out a team like this for years. <laughs> and so uh, I'm going to start my prayer just with saying thanks. To the Lord for giving us the opportunity because each of you guys, I'm just so excited for you. I, I, we know a little bit what's ahead for you guys, and we're just so excited, thankful that you have the opportunity. So let's uh, pray together. Uh, Lord, thank you for being our God. And uh, Lord, we just sang how worthy you are of our worship. Uh, and we think about just eternity and, and what we're going to be doing in heaven and just the things that we sang about. Lord, we're excited a- a- to know that um, we can worship you then. But, Lord, even here and now, you're worthy of our worship. We know that Romans 12 says that offering ourselves as living sacrifices now, here, every day, uh, that that's our spiritual act of worship. And so, Lord, I think of these students that are standing right now, and I know there's others that are going that aren't able to be here today. But, uh, Lord, we got, have Pastor Eric, we have his team, a leadership team, and just the, these students, Lord, that are leaving Saturday. And Lord, we just want to say thank you for the opportunity. We we think about how we've waited for this, and, and I appreciate just the patience, of these students that uh, that have wanted to do something like this, that have been waiting and, and just trusting you. And Lord, here we are. We're six days away from leaving, and so uh, thank you for the opportunity. I pray that you would bless each person on the team with this attitude of being a living sacrifice. Lord, as they go, would they look for ways to serve each other, ways to serve the churches and people there, uh, the the team there at SCORE International. Uh, Lord, would would they see themselves as a sacrifice being offered as a servant to everyone in, uh, that they meet. And so, Lord, I pray that uh, you would give them a good week of preparation just as they pack and get ready to go and just that you would help them to think clearly and remember everything and uh, just be prepared and I pray that you would give them a fantastic trip in every way, Lord, we want you to be glorified by what happens in the Dominican Republic uh, through our team, and Lord, as they can encourage churches and help with outreach and just do different events there, I just pray that you would use each person and each event uh, to glorify your name, to build the church, to bring others closer to Christ, and would Jesus' name be be magnified uh, through this trip, so thanks again, and we just give the team to you, we send them off knowing that they're going to serve you, and we're just so thankful for them, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Nathan.
1: You guys can be seated. Uh, I'm so excited for today because we're going to change the pace a little bit as we have done in the, or as we typically do on a Sunday. But we have a panel going on this morning where we have some special guests that they are going to be coming and they're going to be answering some of the questions that you guys, I should say, the questions that you guys have submitted. And that way we can hear from them, from their experience, from their, informa- from their knowledge, from from what the bible says uh, regarding this topic of dating. So if you guys can come up, I'm going to introduce them as uh, when they get up here, but we have a very uh, special team experts on the topic of dating. Some of them Notice how I don't have Trent here. No, no, no. Definitely no. Trent Trent needs to be here for this. <laughs> Listen, Trent saved he got a, he, he he uh he got dressed up, everything.. He ready, man. <laughs> 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 yeah, <for laughs> All right, so Nice. <laughs> Kelly, you okay? you want me a different? Does that work?: Okay. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to introduce you. you. have Pastor Steve. Some of you guys have met Pastor Steve. Yes, we're related in Christ. Um, Pastor Steve. I love him to death. Uh, he has been a great friend of mine in the last few years. I should say, the last year more than ever. But uh, Pastor Steve, you have been a youth pastor for how long, or you were a youth pastor for how long? Uh, seven years. Seven, seven years. years yeah. So in that year, how many times did you talk to people, to students, about dating? Almost every day. Almost every yeah. <laughs> day. <laughs> Especially guys. Yeah. So you have had quite a few in, uh, conversations. Quite
3: conversations. Yeah. Okay.
1: Kelly, Kelly is the woman's director here at Marinata. She's awesome. She's also married, unfortunately, to John Louis, <laughs> and they're expecting a baby. Uh, yes. So we're so excited, Parker. Um, Kelly, you have been serving in the uh, woman's director role for how long? Two years. Two years. But before that, you ha- you you serve at Waterfly Bible Institute, right? Yeah. How many times, how many conversations you had with people there about dating?
0: So many. So, so, many.
1: Uh, still having conversation about dating? Definitely. Okay. And then last but not least, my beautiful wife, Jenny. Uh, yeah, she doesn't get to be here often on the stage, but Jenny, you serve. You've been obviously with me through here at Maranatha, but also Word of Life, you get to serve. How many times do you talk to people about dating?
4: Uh, dating uh, at Word of Life, a lot, and then um, more, way more here. <laughs> way more in the youth group. <laughs> more, more in
1: the youth group. So... So, they they obviously have some experience, they know, they have some knowledge, but they also are uh, graduates of the Bible Institute, so the assumption is that they know the Bible. So, they are not just going to answer your questions through their experience, but the goal is that they will answer their questions through what the Bible says. So, we have a few questions, so we're just going to dive into it. So, Steve, question number one being, how can I look past the hard eyes and see the red flags? Especially a guy looking today a girl. A guy looking today a girl. Yeah. So how do, I, how do they look past the red flags?
3: the Well, I think, obviously, I know for me with my wife, like, I mean, we went to a Bible college, so everybody loved Jesus, right? Because so everyone at the chapel, everybody was studying the Bible. Uh, but when I, I mean, she was beautiful, so I was, all right, you know, I want to I know this girl. So what I did is obviously get to know her, uh, but also got to ask, like, her friends, Uh, just a little bit more about her, uh, but also I want to see how she was outside of a place that loved Jesus. Like how, you know, what makes her mad, how does she handle anger, Uh, and all that stuff. But I also asked ladies that knew her well, uh, her roommates and stuff like that, and just kind of say, hey, you know, I think I I like Jess. What do you guys think? Is there any red flags? So I think asking people that, um, you know, they're surrounding themselves with, and uh, you know, in the past, before my wife, like I would date girls where people was like, no, no, no. I was like, nah, she looked good. <laughs> we'll get past that. You know what I mean? But, uh, <laughs> but it was wrong. I should have listened to those people, you know? So it's getting, getting to know them more. Because uh, again, just because they say, I love Jesus, or go to the church, they might be loving a, a different Jesus and not really having a relationship with the Lord. And that's the most important thing in there. So,
0: hmm.
1: Yeah, that's great. Steve, so you've been married how long? Two?
3: 12 years. 12 years. That's the goal
1: right there. The goal is for you (laughs) to to be married more than 12 years. (laughs) More than 12 years. (laughs) More than 12 years. (laughs) Uh, Jenny, how how do you get past the fear? I'm just going to read how the question was submitted. How to get past the fear you you now have because you were used by someone for a long time?
4: Um, So I feel like that's something that I can relate to a little bit personally with – past relationship, so I understand kind of where you're coming from with that. Um, I think the biggest thing that I just kept thinking through was um, how the Lord pursues us and just recognizing and thinking about how the Lord loves and pursues us and has a gentle and kind relationship with us, and to comparing that to, you know, a p- past relationship or, you know, even— being used by different people, and maybe not in a relationship, um, but just to recognize that that was wrong and that it's not okay, and then, but then to see the hope and the joy that you can find in the relationship that you have with the Lord and how that can guide you into a new relationship that's so different. And um, yeah, so I think just looking at how the Lord loves us and seeing the hope and using that as a guide towards how somebody, knew that could come into your life would treat you, um, and love you and kind of use the Lord's love as an expectation. Not that they'll ever love you that well, but
1: thank you, Kelly, you've been with John how many years,
0: five, well and together, seven, married for five,
1: seven years. Okay. So this question is, what are some boundaries for relationships?
0: Fun. This is a fun
2: question. <laughs> I love that Eric
0: gave this one to me. Um, <clears throat> I would say first and foremost, like you are not as strong as you think you are, especially when it comes to like temptation. Um, So set a boundary before you think you need to set a boundary. Um, That is like advice I wish I would have heard when like dating and dating in the past, not just dating John. But um, set a boundary before you think you need to set a boundary. So I think in order to have a godly relationship, there needs to be boundaries, especially when it comes to physical things in relationships. We all have desires. We all have temptations. And like I said before, you are not as strong as you think you are. You're like, oh, that won't be an issue for me. It will. I promise. (laughs) Um, So set a boundary, again, before you think it becomes a problem. There's so much wisdom in talking to people, like people you see that you respect their relationship. Um, Talk to them and say, hey, what were boundaries you set in your relationship that worked really well for you guys? Because you don't know, you might not know what your boundaries need to be. So talk to someone with more wisdom who's dated before talk to someone who has a godly relationship that you respect and ask, hey, what are some good boundaries that you would set um, or that you have set in your relationship that have worked? Um, And I think to set a boundary before things, before they happen, if that makes sense. Um, So it's easy to, like, cross a line and then feel really guilty about it. And that's good that you're learning and you feel guilty about it. But then do something about it. Set a boundary so it doesn't happen again. Um, Just because you've done it once does not mean it has to happen again. It'll be easier to do it again, but it doesn't have to. Um, so I, I think with boundaries, set them, have that conversation. If you're dating someone, have, be really open with communication. Say, hey, this is a boundary for me, and stick to it. Like, stick to your guns with that. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, that's great. So in light of that question about bandry, boundaries, nailed it. Uh, Steve, how to stay pure?
3: How to stay pure. Don't, don't date, no. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Lock yourself in a room. No, uh, <laughs> don't date. Don't date. Just lock yourself in a room. Uh, well, obviously, you know, Psalms 119 tells us clearly how to say pure, right? I hope you guys know that. But, you know, be, being God's word. And I know it's so cliche being in church. You hear it all the time. I heard all the time, like, in my youth group, there was always panels of experts talking about dating. And I was like, all right, is this over with? Like, I'm ready to go, like, do my own thing. But, but sincerely, like, I wish, like, I actually was talking about this yesterday with a friend, like, man, or actually right now. I was like, man, the mistakes that I did in high school, man, I wish I didn't do them, you know, but I wish I would listen to people that were pushing me towards God's word with my youth pastor, my small group leader, uh, people that were discipling me. But in high school, I know, I know you guys don't think this, but when I was in high school, I thought I knew it all. Like, especially when I got a driver's license, like, pff, I'm free, like, man, you know. I mean, my dad's still with my gas. But I was like, I'm free. You know, I can do whatever. when I got a job, I made my own money, I thought, all right, I made it. You know, like, even though I didn't have a house, I still live with my parents. But, but I think it is important to, man, surround yourself with people that are helping you grow in Christ. Uh, that's something that I lacked when I was in high school, like I was the one pushing my friends to Christ, but nobody was pushing me uh, to be Christ, but also having that you're willing to talk to, uh, willing like, you know, Eric, your your leaders, they're here, not because they just, you know, they're making millions and millions of dollars, but they're here because they want to help you guys grow, Uh, and so the way to be pure, obviously, is being God's word, but also talking about it, uh, you know, whether it be with your your parents or uh, with somebody, because you're not alone, you know, like you're, you're not alone with temptation like Kelly was talking about uh, and all this stuff. But if you try to do it alone, you're going to fail. You're going to fall so easily. But if you surround yourself with people who are keeping you accountable, who are praying for you, that you can go, hey, I'm struggling. I remember when I was a youth minister, this eighth grader. At first day of camp came up to me and said, "Hey, I'm struggling with this. Like, I'm struggling with pornography, whatever it is." And I was like, "All right, this is day one. All right." Hmm. But he said that that day to now he graduated. He's in he's in college. You know, has is in dating relationship. That's man glorifying the Lord. He's like, man, that day when I was an eighth grader, and I shared that to you, I felt so free. I felt so free, and I disciple them, helped them grow. So don't feel like, oh, man, like, they're going to judge me. I'm ashamed. No, we're here to love you. Yeah, we're going to speak truth. It might be a little tough love at times because we all need that. But don't try to do this purity thing alone. Uh, you know, but also to allow people that are mature in the Lord, help you and guide you obviously through his word first and the Holy Spirit and then others around you that can help you grow in him. So,
1: yeah. Thank you. Steve. See, what's that story you always share about? No, I would, but you have shared with me about the professor of Dallas.
3: Oh yeah. <laughs> so there was a professor in Dallas. He was uh, like, he was like 82 at the time. He's dead now, but uh, he was with the professor. He was with, with students and one of the students said, Hey, at what age will we stop lusting? Like, at what age will we stop, you know, want, you know lusting and looking at stuff? And the 82-year-old professor says, I'll let you know. Well, that means he's like, I don't know. <laughs> like, it's, it's always been the struggle with it. But he said it as well, too. Surround yourself with godly
1: people that will keep you accountable mm. you know, to not fall. Yeah. So, Kelly, with that, too, uh, can, you re- you, can you redeem your purity? So, whether you have been sexually active or not, can purity be something that you can redeem?
0: Yeah, I would say yes. First um, John one nine tells us that if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Um, I actually pulled it up in a different version. Sorry, I'm not prepared. <laughs> <laughs> um, it says, but God is faithful and fair. If we confess our sins, he will, give, he will forgive us our sins. He will forgive every wrong thing we have done. He will make us pure. Um, so I think that perfectly encompasses that yes that can be redeemed if you have made that mistake like i said earlier you don't have to do it again um so i think through the lord if you're in christ and you confess that to him he is faithful and he is loving and caring to forgive us of that and like wash you white as snow um, we sang that song in church this morning that um remind me of the lyrics no it's slipping away
1: the oh. the second song another thing
0: Yeah, face the, it's the yes. on one hey, it's you. not like you're the worship pastor <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it just talks about how he makes us white as snow, like there is no blemish. Whenever he yeah. looks at us, he sees Christ. He does not see the things that we have done. So if you have messed up in your purity, um, confess that to the Lord, and he will forgive it. Don't feel ashamed. He already knows that you did it. Confess it to him and be repentant of that. Turn away from it. In Colossians, it talks a lot about putting off the old self and putting on the new self, and I heard an analogy about that, like when you go to the gym you, or you're doing yard work and you put your, a lot of sweat in and you're disgusting, after you take a shower, you're not going to go back and put on those disgusting clothes that you were just in. So if you're turning away from sin, don't keep running back to that sin. Be new. Put on those new clothes. And that has to be a conscious like effort. It has to be a conscious decision that you're making. Um, that's not just going to happen because temptation is strong. The devil wants you to sin. Um, so you, you just have to be putting in that conscious decision saying, no, I'm going to follow the Lord. I'm putting on the new self. I am not going to go back to the sexual sin or to any sin. Um, but like I said, it can be redeemed because Christ is gracious and forgives us of our sins.
1: Yeah. All right, babe. So the question is, how can I let the Jenny? Uh, ha- <laughs> Jenny. Jenny. <laughs> I'm <laughs> talking, <you mean> that? <laughs> All right, <hey>. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve.
2: <laughs>
1: no, Jenny. <laughs> How can I let someone love me when I hate myself? There are tons of other prettier girls, and I think I'm a waste of time. There are better girls out there.
4: Okay, so I have a lot of notes for this one. Um, this one is just heartbreaking because I think so many of us girls, women, have went through these feelings, and I'm sure that guys do too. Um, But it's all just like total lies from Satan. And um, there's two parts to it. So the part where it's like about how could I let somebody love me? um, There's always going to be somebody that's prettier, smarter, funnier. There's always going to be people that you would think are better than you. Um, No matter what age you are, no matter how pretty, how talented, Like, the most, the prettiest girl in the world has people that she thinks are way prettier than her and way more talented. And so we're never going to reach this level that we want to be because no matter, you know, the talents, anything that we can, like, attain, they're never going to be good enough. Um, And you have to also think that there are definitely people that look at you and think, like, oh, my goodness, I wish I was as pretty as her or I wish I was as talented or as funny as her. Um, so there's things about you that are so valuable, and um, it's harder for us to see it personally. Um, but the also, another thing is that getting into a relationship, like these, these self-esteem issues, they're not going to go away once we find somebody that really loves us. Um, because i have struggled with these things too and i know kelly and a lot of women have and marrying eric didn't all of a sudden make me feel like oh my goodness i'm valuable and i'm loved and i'm cared for and i'm gorgeous and i'm funny um because just because eric thinks all those things about me (laughs) doesn't mean that you know i'm not still believing these lies sometimes and having to fight those off um so a relationship is not going to heal that it has to be a relationship with the lord Um, But the part that I think is the most important in that question is when it says, I'm a waste of time, because that is just like an absolute lie. Um, I wanted to read, it's kind of long, but Revelations 5, just a a little part of it, starting in verse 11, it says, and this is talking about, who wrote this? John. John (laughs) is having this vision of heaven. And he it says, Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, and ten thousand times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea. And all that is in them saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. And if you picture that scene, like that is just all the glory going to God, all the glory. And that's right now happening in that same God um, who is being praised for all of eternity like that. Um, in Psalms 139, 17 through 18, it says, how precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand, and when I wake up, you are still with me. So if you just think about who God is and how powerful and absolutely just, like, totally worthy of all the glory, the fact that he looks at us and has so many thoughts about us that we couldn't even count them, and he loves us so much— And he took his time, he came into time for us to die on the cross and to save us from our sins because we were worth the time. He, you are not a waste of time. You're absolutely so valuable and the Lord just loves you so much. And so whoever wrote that, if you ever want to talk, I would love to, but you are absolutely so loved. And just a a book that I was thinking of this morning, it's called The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness by Tim Keller. It's really short. It's incredible. Um, It's $5 on Amazon. I just looked it up. But it is so good, all about, like, self-esteem and what that looks like to a believer with a relationship with the Lord. So I would just encourage you to
1: Hmm. get that. Awesome. Steve, this is in a scenario. Say two people got married in a hurry, and then the husband turns out to be abusive, but the wife decides to stay with him for years despite him hurting her and their kids. Is he the one for her? Is it justified for them to be divorced, to divorce?
3: That's a tough one.
1: I would say, like, yeah,
3: that gives excuse for divorce. Uh, Because as a parent, you want to protect your kids, and so they're being abusive. Like, if the father is, yeah, you want to, you know, protect it, especially for your own self as well. Uh, So, yeah, there's danger in that that sort, you know, and hopefully— you know, they're, they're seeking help with that as well. Uh, and, you know, that that phrase, you know, the one, you know, like a lot of people believe in that or don't, um, you know, and, that, again, that's why it, it's, it is important to know the person, you know, like I say, it, especially people who know the person, you know what I mean, like you like that you're into, so you, maybe they can give you some red flags before, you know, jumping into the relationship. Like, okay, they have anger issues, like, okay, like, how bad is it like when they get mad you know like is it just like uh no more mad or they get physical when they mad they get you know so i think you know that's important as before even going into marriage even dating kind of seeing hey how is this person uh with with those situations of anger and just how they treat people
1: Mm. uh and as well too so hopefully that answered yeah uh kelly how can I protect myself from letting the fear of loneliness drive me into getting into a bad relationship?
0: Um, this is a good question because this was my high school experience. Um, <coughs> I think as, I can only speak as a girl. I've only ever been a girl. So for guys, I can't really relate to on this. So, but um, as a girl, for me in high school, finding a boyfriend was like the t- number one priority for me. Being loved by someone, being, like, paid attention to by a guy was, like, the number one thing on my list. Everything else did not matter. Um, Which then led me to really bad relationships because I was really impatient. And I did not have any self-worth. I was desperate. I was lonely. So the first guy that paid me attention, even though there were people that were like, Kelly, run. I was like, no, 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 no. He will change for me. He did not. Yeah. like, no, I got this. Trust me. It will be different. It wasn't different. Um, My friends were trying to love me and protect me from that, but I let the fear of loneliness drive me into, for lack of a better word, the arms of someone who was not a good person, um, who did not, like, care about me or a godly relationship. Um, I had a lot of standards that I thought. I was like, oh, I will be strong enough to, like, you know, he needs to be a Christian. He needs to be, like, all these things but as soon as I felt that sting of loneliness, all those things went out the window, I'm like, does he pay attention to me? Check, okay, I will date him. Um, That's not a good standard (laughs) because attention does not mean love or care. Um, So I think the biggest thing, and this might be terrible advice, but it is patience. Um, I am the most impatient person ever, but I wish I would have taken the time to just, like, rest in the love that I knew the Lord had for me, to hang out with friends that I knew—oh, I just spit over, sorry—to, um, like, like, hang out with friends who I knew cared about me genuinely and were pushing me to Christ, because as soon as that guy came along and as soon as that attention was being showed to me, everyone else, like, took a back seat, and I lost a lot of friendships because of the choices I made out of, like, loneliness, um, and high school is such a blip in your life. It feels like the biggest thing right now, it is not. It is will be over in just a few years, um, and if you're dating in high school, great. Um, but that is not all there is. Um, don't think that you're going to find the love of your life in high school because the chances of that are very low. Um, but if you are going to date, don't let it be out of loneliness. Um, wait. Be patient. Um, like Jenny was saying, like the Lord has these thoughts for you and so much care for you. Rest in that. Um, make it tangible to you. If you're not spending time in God's word, it's not going to feel tangible. That love is not going to feel tangible. Um, and you're going to look for tangibility in with someone who just is going to use you. So patience, patience, hmm. patience.
1: Yeah. Uh, Denny, how do you know if you need to end your relationship?
0: So...
4: The only thing I was thinking of with this is, like, if you're asking the question, you probably should end it because, like, if, if, you're, if you have a relationship with the Lord, then the Holy Spirit will convict you, and you know if he's convicting you um, of leaving that relationship. You know if what you're doing is wrong and if you're not pursuing the Lord, so you already know the answer to that question. Um, but I will say, if you are feeling convicted and, like, I need to end this relationship, this isn't good— it is so, you know, you want to just, like, hold on so tightly and you think that, like, somehow it's going to get better or, you know, if you just, like, ignore the voice of the Holy Spirit long enough, it'll get better or you you see people who married somebody that maybe they shouldn't have but, like, they kind of made it work so I could do that too because I love this person. The freedom and the peace and just, like, the joy that comes with obe- obedience to the Lord and following him is so much worth it than trying to just like subdue that conviction because that conviction can literally physically make you ill. Um but anyways, just there's so much freedom and peace when you when you do follow the Lord. That doesn't mean it's not going to hurt. You're not going to have a broken heart. You might. Um but the Lord's also very faithful in that too.
0: If I can add to that, like yeah. you're missing out on the Lord's best when you are staying in a relationship that he is clearly telling you to walk away from. It might not come right after the moment you break up with that person, but truly you are missing out on the Lord's best. You are ignoring his best, and his best for you is truly even better than you could ever imagine. Um, so don't, if you're sitting in that conviction and you're feeling convicted about it, run, leave, because, you know, <laughs> no, keep going. because it's, you, you want the Lord's best, and he wants to give you that because he is good, and he wants to bless his children. But he can't do that if you're sitting in a spot where he's telling you to get out of. Mm. You
4: were
1: going to add something?
4: Else? I was just going to add. I saw this meme one time, and it was like this little girl holding this, like, stuffed teddy bear. And she was like, but God, I love it. And God has this, like, huge teddy bear behind him, and he's like, you know, just holding it, like, ready to give it to her. Um, and I feel like Kelly and I are just kind of speaking from experience, but like the Lord has something so much better and we can hold on to whatever we're holding on to if, if we want to, but the Lord loves us so much. He wants to give us something more. So,
0: and you'll look back one day and thank the Lord that you didn't get what you thought you wanted. Yes. You will be like, thank you, Lord, that I did not marry that guy that I thought I was in love with. So yes. literally you are dodging bullets and you will see that. But truly, you will be like, Lord, thank you for not giving me what I thought I wanted because we do not know what's best for us. Our hearts are wicked and deceitful, and we can't trust our hearts. So Mm -hmm. trust the conviction of the Holy Spirit, not your feelings.
1: Yeah. Those are great things. So because of time, here's what we're going to do. Starting with Jenny coming this way. Uh, Why don't you give us your uh, best advice on dating for you personally? Um,
4: For me, it's definitely just to listen to those around you. Get get. Opinions from those around you that you love and that love the Lord Proverbs eleven fourteen 14 says in a in an abundance of counselors there is safety and so um, You don't know them better than everybody else even though you might think that you do I said that millions of times in a relationship like I know them better than you you don't <laughs> everyone else probably does So I would say just listen to the people that love you
0: um, For me it goes back to the patience thing um, Just being so content in the Lord Um, and being so satisfied in him that you don't need anything else that's easier said than done and that takes like being in God's word and um, spending time with him but I think it's patience don't rush into a relationship just for the sake of having a relationship or for the sake of feeling loved because that love is already like Jenny was saying waiting for you Um, just sit patiently before the Lord um, and just be still before him scripture tells us over and over again to be still before the Lord and there is like true peace and wisdom to be found in that, so.
3: Yeah. Well, I'll answer it in two ways. I'll say don't date in high school. <laughs> I know you're like, yeah, whatever, Steve. You know, but here's the thing, because when I dated, like, the girl I was dating became my idol. Like, I would not go on mission trips. I didn't go on family vacations because I want to be next to the girl. And they became like, and she wasn't even my wife. And that's a problem when we date in high school. We play this role, husband and wife, when it really isn't. And that's where danger is, where I made mistakes because of that, you know. But I also think in scripture, like Samson, Delilah was... His idol, where she was trying to figure ways to destroy him, right? But then the passage where that verse where you know Delilah cuts his hair, the Philistines come in, he loses his strength, where he thinks from his hair, but it's actually from the Lord. But there's a part of scripture, that, a verse that says that Samson did not know that the Lord had left him, that the power had left him, because why he was so focused on Delilah, and he his relationship with the Lord. Ooh. Uh, but the relationship with the Lord was not growing. And so that's why I encourage a lot of people. I know you like, hate this, but, yeah, don't, don't date uh, because, like I said, uh, you know, like we were talking about here, being patient, finding the person that God has for you is, is the most thing. Like I remember uh, the day of my wedding, the, you know, just that day, like my wife was like, I can't wait to kiss you because you're going to be my first kiss. So she had never had a boyfriend. I was her first boyfriend. I was her first kiss. And I felt like trash because I couldn't say that to her, that she was my, the first girl I kissed. You know, because in high school I thought that was that was part of life. You need a girl, you need a kiss, you know, that was that was it. Like and I felt like trash. I felt like I gave something that belonged to my wife to someone else. That is so that's why I'll be cautioned now. But if you are gonna date, kinda we talked about, be purposeful. Like why are you dating? Like why do you want to date right now? You know, like in every relationship that we have it should glorify God and lead people to Christ. And yeah, you're gonna make mistakes, yeah. But as we talked about this is if you're dating i did a wedding last month to two of my students that graduated from my youth group that dated in high school and they got married but they did you know they had, he i met with him i discipled him and they also uh got advice from their parents they would meet with their parents once a month and i know like on oh, parents but they would meet with them and just kind of say hey here's our relationship here's where we're at for like from freshman year until they got married and so like if you're if you're going to date I say that's the best way to do it, to not try to do it alone and tr- not to see what Instagram tells you or what movies tell you, what dating looks like. Like, I'm looking at my kids, and I'm teaching them already, like my, my boys, how to treat girls with a godly purpose and then with my daughter as well, you know, for, for boys. So so if you're going to date, if you are dating, have some purpose. Surround yourself with people who are keeping you accountable so they don't become your idols and you'll do mistakes that you regret later. And, and as well, that you want to glorify God, you know, through the relationship. So, Yeah.
1: Yeah, those are great advice. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, give it up for them, guys. Yeah, okay. thank you. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, they'll be in the back to sign your, your books or whatever you want. <laughs> uh, but honestly, I hope that this is a little bit a break of what we typically do, but I hope that this is something that you guys can benefit from that. You know, there's so much more that we can talk about dating and address, and maybe questions that you had that maybe you didn't submit, but that you still have those questions. You know, we're here for you. Those individuals that were here up front Steve, Kelly, and my wife Jenny, and myself, we're here for you guys. There are other leaders in the room that are here for you. Uh, that kid, they would love to answer any questions that you may have. So don't leave with questions if that's something that you, that you have. But that being said, I hope that this series on dating has encouraged you, but also challenge you in understanding what dating is you know if you're trying to date just to fill that void of loneliness it's not going to end well you know we don't date simply because we don't want to feel alone we talk about how dating a lot of people date because they are afraid of being alone that is not what love is love is not a solution for loneliness right love is being demonstrated on the cross by Jesus in that it's sacrificial and that it's serving and that it's caring that's what love is And so when we are pursuing love, we're not looking for love for a solution for loneliness. And so when you do that, you will find yourself doing things that you shouldn't be doing. And so for those of you that are dating, I hope that you've been challenged in making boundaries, in recognizing that there are things that you need to do that maybe you're not doing, that to protect yourself or to protect her, to protect yourself. Uh, But if you're not dating, do not be looking at dating as a solution for something that you're feeling to recognize that there is value in who you are in the fact that God sent his son to die on the cross for you. I hope that you've been challenged. This is a series that I thought, I thought it was needed. I hope that you understand that the way that the world is feeding you and telling you what love and dating should be is a complete lie and that we can find reassurance in what the Bible tells about love. Uh, I love you guys. I'm so excited uh, to see how this plays out in your life. Hopefully Trent will come out of here and maybe in a year he'll have a girlfriend.